1: those words that are in that verse today, and that's what we're going to continue to talk about this morning. Last week, we started a collection of talks called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table, and we're going to continue those today, and I really believe today's message is going to be very specific for a lot of us, but I think it's going to be very healing and very hope-filled, and when you walked in, as always, you got your notes that I would encourage you to take out, but also you got this little card that says on the front of it, how, to, how you start the day sets the day. How you start the day sets the day, meaning that if I start the day here, that sets the tone and excitement and emotion for the day. If I set the day here with God, starting with God, it sets the rhythm and tone for the rest of my 24 hours. And I think I can think of no better way, especially during this month, to pray the 23rd Psalm over our life every day, every morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. And we're gonna read some of that today. But I would encourage you, because I forgot to mention it last week, I would encourage you to take this home and put it where you see it. It's funny, on Thursday, we had our married circle, which our circles are in full swing right now, which are our small groups. I would encourage you to get in one. You don't have to be in every circle, but you gotta be in at least one. So get that commitment going. But I saw it in uh, the family's house, their, their mirror, that as soon as you walk out the door, it was sitting right there. And I was like, ah, yes, I love that. Because it makes a difference when you speak these things over your life, when you pray the truth of God's word over your life. And man, it's your first time. We, we love that you're here. You may be a guest today, but when you come back, your family. I'd love to meet you at Connect Corner today if you wanna fill out that connection card. I'd love to meet you at Connect Corner, hear your story, and put a free gift in your hands just to say thank you for coming and help you get on track to get connected here and about the amazing things God has for your life. But here's the title of today's message as you get your notes out. It's, I'm gonna see a victory. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, hey, you're gonna see a victory. You're gonna see a victory. Don't give up. You're gonna see a victory. It's going to happen. You may not be sitting by someone, you're going to see a victory, all right? I got I to gotta admit something to you. I get, um, I'm a little addicted to things on social media when it comes to giveaways, right? You ever been on Instagram or Facebook before and they say like, hey, just reshare this post or tag three friends and you could win something. I'm like, I do like victory, so I want to see a victory in this little giveaway. And so you can always tell when like a big company like Venmo or PayPal or is doing a cash apps doing one because they say, if you reshare this, we'll send somebody a hundred dollars. And all I see on my story timeline is all these posts from Venmo or whatever, because people are like, yes, I want that. I gotta be honest, I give into to those things because it takes such little little effort, but the reward could be so big, right? And so one of actually, one of the church organizations that we partner with was doing one just saying, hey, we wanted to bless you today, tag three friends, share this on your story, and you'll, uh, we'll send out a, a $50 gift card to Amazon for a winner. And I was like, oh, I love Amazon. I love $50, I love free. So yeah, let me do that. And so I tagged three people, put it on my story, And man, I got a direct message the next day, hey, you've won. And I thought, I thought I just won a million dollars, even though it was only 50, right? Like, yes, the hard work paid off of those 10 seconds of work. I've won, right? And I was really excited because I knew exactly what I was going to purchase. Um, If you guys have ever had a pair of airpods before you know they work really well but sometimes you forget that they're in your pocket when you throw them in the wash and that's what happened to me threw them in the wash they got soap and detergent and water all up in them and uh, the headphones would still work but they wouldn't charge so that's obviously kind of maybe an object lesson for a later message but they kind of were dead so I was like well i don't want to you know pay all these money for a new thing, so i'll just use this gift card to get some new bluetooth headphones for the gym and for when i'm working and at the coffee shop and all of that Because you got to zone in when you're at those places. And I like to play worship music and get that saturating in my life. And I got this new pair that had pretty decent reviews. They were, you know, right in my price range of my $50 gift card and brought them with me. They're right here. And uh, I found out that when I was in the office using them, they were great. When I was in the coffee shop by myself working with them, they were great. But I also like to wear them at the gym, and the gym I go to, there's a ton of people there, which is great. Uh, but what happens? What I found out would happen there is when I would have these headphones in, and I would get around to a lot of people. They would cut in and out, and I didn't know why. They would be like right in the in the middle of a big song, you know, right in the middle of a good set at the gym, where you need that music to kick in, so you don't drop the weights on you or fail or anything like that. You need that energy. They would cut out, and it would be so frustrating. It would cut in, cut out, and start playing and stop playing, and I had no idea why. So I went and checked more of the reviews about these headphones on Amazon, and they said, hey, they have one issue, that when there's a lot of other signals around them, the signals get messed up, and they get, the headphones get confused, and they stop playing, or they cut out, or they try and connect to another thing before they connect back to the thing they were connected to. It's confusing me. That's what would happen. And so I was kind of frustrated. It's like, well, you know what? I'll just save those for when i'm alone when they work well kind of not around a lot of other people and so what i've been doing is i've been i've been dusting off the old like ancient wired headphones right like got them all i mean it was a tangled mess when i found these right and i plug them in you know you run them down your shirt at the gym so you don't get tangled up but you know what the great thing about these is they never disconnect what the great thing about these is what i'm wanting to play through these headphones always plays because they're directly connected to the source of what I'm choosing to send, my mind and my spirit and my soul. And it's a funny way to look at it, but I think that can, that can happen to us in our life when it comes to the sound and truth of the victory that Jesus has given you and me. Let me read some things in your headphones today from Psalm 23, starting in verse 2. Here's what it says. He lets me rest in green meadows. Now, other translation says, he makes me lie down. Can I just make you lie down today and just kind of rest for a few minutes for our time in the message together to hear some things from the Lord? He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. How many of us at Local City could use some peace, a little bit more peace in our life today, right? A lot of noise out there. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Why? Because you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. When I look at this verse and when I look at my note card, one of the things I challenge myself to do is I just circled all these incredible, friendly, kind words, relational words that the author David uses to encourage us today. It says, he lets me rest. I circled the word rest. He leads me. I circled the word leads because he's right with me no matter what. He renews. I circled the word "renews" because what is dead, God brings to life. What is empty, God fills back up. I circled the word "guides" because when I feel lost, God is always there to grab a hold of me and guide me into the things that He has for me, so I can be found again. I circled the word "walk" because God's not in a hurry; just one step at a time, He wants to walk with me. I circled the word "close," and I want to encourage that with you, encourage you with that today. That God's closer than you think. And I, I circled "protect." and comfort. All these close shepherd type words. The first few statements in this verse, the Lord is my shepherd. See, David writes that with David, he wrote a bunch of the book of Psalms and a lot of it is worship really. Worship saying that God, this is who you are. Like I'm worshiping you for who you are, not what you've done. And I love that David encourages us thousands of years later after he wrote these things. He encouraged his audience at the time because they would use these words as worship. But when David writes these things, the king of Israel, David, I think he's writing these things to remind himself. I may be king now, but it all started when God was my shepherd, when no one knew who I was, when I was alone. And God's the one who guides me and leads me and protects me and comforts me. So whether I'm in the mountain or the valley, I need to remember God's the one who is close. God's the one who makes all of this happen. Here's a, another statement I want to put in your headphones today for you to connect to, is that since Jesus Christ has the victory, you have access to that victory right now. I wish that when I watch my favorite sports teams on TV, the Florida State Seminoles, the Bucks today, I wish that the victory that I have in my mind would just happen for them, right? Like, okay, I want them to have victory and it'll just happen naturally. But it doesn't work that way. Like last night I was watching the Florida State game and they, they know how to play with my emotions, right? Like they had it tied up close to halftime and then they end up going down by 20 points and I'm like, I'm shutting this off because they're frustrating me. But then they score again and again and they get make it close and now I got to get back into it, invest back into it just to be let down, right? I don't want to hear anything from you Tennessee fans out there today, all right? It's amazing what happened. It's exciting. But I'm just, I'm grieving, okay? And I wish that I want them to win so bad it doesn't happen. But the thing is that Not only did God want you to win, he made a way for you to have victory today through his son Jesus. And when he thinks about something, it actually does happen. When he says it, it actually is true. So I want you to know the victory that Jesus had over sin and death and the grave and over the darkness of our lives, you have that victory today. So you do not have to walk around defeated. You don't have to walk around beaten down. You have victory today and that victory is in Jesus. You are not a victim, you are a victor because that's what Jesus did on the Cross and when he walked out of that grave alive. If you're thankful for that victory, come on, let's give a shout of praise today because that's what it's all about. And here's what I want you to hold on to today as we dive into the the depth of our conversation today is that you're not fighting your battles on your own. Can I encourage you, local city? You're not fighting your battles on your own. God's with you. God is breathing life into your situation. There is no enemy or mountain or difficulty that you are facing right now that is bigger than your God and when he says it can happen it will happen but he encourages you I'm going to walk you through that valley I'm going to walk you through that shadow I'm going to be with you and you have victory because of my son Jesus so don't give up and today I want you to realize that the posture of our God today is like this last week we talked about how God has set a table with two chairs for you and I and he's in one chair and he just pulls out the seat and says hey take your seat I got some amazing things I want to tell you about who you are I got some amazing things I want to tell you about your life I want to speak things like Psalm 23 over your life that I'm your shepherd I want to come for you I want to protect you I want to be there for you I want to walk with you but you got to take your seat at the table first we, we encouraged ourselves that the biggest way we don't give the enemy a seat at our table is to take the seat at the table God set for us. What does it say in Psalm 23? You've prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So God's posture is one of open arms. God's posture is one of open heart, welcoming you to tell you who he is and tell you who you are and what he's done for you. And so before we pray, and again, jump into the heart of our conversation, I want you to know this verse today, that there is no condemnation. That's a word we're gonna talk about today. In Romans 8, Verse one, it says, there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus. The invitation today is to belong to Jesus. And the truth today is to know that when you do that, there is no condemnation. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we jump in to the heart of our message this morning? God, we're so thankful that you have given us these truths and we're so thankful that you have prepared a table for us. And we just wanna sit at that table today. God, I pray just as like that headphones example, we would have a direct connection to your voice and your word today. God, that we would write some things down today because we need these things tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday. And God, I pray that we would listen and lean in. God, I'm so thankful for everyone here in this room and everyone in our kids' church area. I pray that you would help even our kids fall in love with you, Jesus, at a young age, to know that you are their very best friend and be with our kids' team today. We're so thankful for our teachers and our kids' team who serve so faithfully and make church a fun, exciting, and welcoming place for our next generation. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we give you this time today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Local City, would you do me a favor? Give a shout and clap for everybody that's watching for Local City Church Online today. So glad you're with us, everyone. Make sure you're live in that comment section because it's going to be an exciting time. So here's what I hear. Here, again, is the goal for this next month. It's to really get everything that is the enemy out of our life. Now, that can't perfectly happen because, again, we live in kind of a messed up, broken world. We are not perfect yet, but we do have a perfect God on our side. But what I don't want to happen is for you to give a permanent place or permanent position for the enemy to speak lies into your life. Let me ask you this. How many of you guys have ever had your life or seen someone's life destroyed by a lie that they believed, right? Like maybe from when you grew up, your home life convinced you of a lie about your identity, about who you are. Maybe someone spoke something over you or maybe you believed a lie about a certain person in your life and it totally destroyed you from the inside out. Maybe you believed a lie about God and it caused you to distance yourself from him and and caused you to remove all those things like church and community from your life. Well, today we want to get rid of lies and we want to give truth a seat at our table again. And here's the goal for this morning. Every good essay or research paper tells you what they're trying to prove at the very beginning. So here's what I want to tell you. This is what I'm trying to prove to you this morning, is that when we don't give the enemy a seat, we can stop the spiral of guilt to shame to condemnation. We can stop the spiral of guilt to shame to condemnation. Now, because maybe some of you out there are like me and you're super ADD and you're like, why does Pastor Ryan have this toy on stage? Well, I'm going to jump to it right now because I believe this is kind of what can happen in our life. We actually just got Shepard, our son, like a small version of these and he loves it. But if you ever played with one of these, the whole goal of this thing is to drop a marble down and it just spirals through and goes all the way down, right? Well, I think sometimes in our life, we have really important things that we hold on to really important things in our life. You think about everything that contributes to our spirit, right? The inside of who we are, the breath of God that lives in us. Our spirit's very important. Our spirit is very essential. It's the thing that Jesus died for. It's the eternal part of us. We have our spirit, we have our soul, right? Our soul is our emotions, those things that drive our heart and mind, right? Like that soul that we have that gets us energy and passion to live this life. And then we have Our physical self, right? Our identity, our name, our giftings, our talents, our characteristics. And I believe that sometimes when we give, not sometimes, all the time when we give the enemy a seat at our table and we take these things into our hands and allow the enemy to have some, even a small voice, this is kind of what our life begins to look like just going through the motions, down the spirals of difficulties and trials and storms and tribulations, going around and around again, down around through the waves and turns, not knowing what's coming next. And then we get down to the bottom and we're like, well, that was fun. Well, I guess I'll just do it again. you know. And there we go down the circle again, spiral down guilt to shame, to condemnation. And we just throw everything that we are into this monotonous, now if you're a little kid, you love this, but as an adult, we're like, okay, that's all It does, I'm ready for something new. But we get into this temptation of where, again, well, I'm just going to take control continuously, and I'm just going to, this is the only way I know how to live life, so I'm just going to keep putting it down. And it just goes back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. And we get in this death spiral, this monotonous just continuation of things that destroy us, things that annoy us, things that bother us, and we get to this place and we think, how do I stop going through this spiral of life anymore? How do I stop having to just drop everything here and go through all this again and again and again? What I want to encourage you to do is to stop the spiral, to stop taking your physical self, your spiritual self, your soul, and just dropping them in and letting go of control and trusting God with who you are. Trusting God with all these things. And again, to get rid of the enemy at your table because the enemy will tell you, yeah, it's always going to be this way. It's always just going to be the twists and turns of life. It's always going to be around and around we go. It's always going to be you start on the top, but eventually you bottom out. And the only way you can do is just keep doing it over and over and over again. And the greatest death spiral we can live in when we give the enemy a seat at our table is to go from guilt of who we are, of what we've done, of our past, which then he lies to us and makes that shame. Now we take on the identity of shame, and that leads to condemnation, where every day we feel like God hates us. Every day we feel like we're no good. Every day we feel like the world would be better without us. We begin to hate what we see in the mirror. And so then we cope with acceptance or success or negative things like addictions or stresses. And all those things happen in our life because we're not perfect. But we do have actually some specific choices about this whole table of our life. We do actually have some specific choices that can stop the spiral of guilt to shame to condemnation and lead to forgiveness and freedom and the full life that God has created for us. Let me encourage you with this verse, the apostle Paul who had, if there was anyone who had the right to feel guilty and move from guilt to shame to condemnation, it was the apostle Paul. Why? Because he killed people. He killed Christians. He destroyed the church. It's what he gave his life to. But Jesus had a moment with him, an instantaneous moment that changed his life forever. And this is what he writes when he writes this letter to the church in Galatia. He says this in verse 1. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. When I get to stay free, I need you all to say it with me together, right? Now make sure that you stay free. Give the person next to you a little elbow, wake him up and say, "Hey, you got to stay free. Stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law." When you see this story, when, when God redeems the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, and he leads them into freedom, right? They get the 10 plagues, they get out of, they get out of Egypt, they get out of their chains, they get out of slavery, and they walk up the, ver- the very first difficult battle they walk into. They're stuck between the sea and their enemy, They yell at Moses, who was God's leader that he used to deliver them out of slavery. They yell at him and say, hey, this whole freedom thing is a little intense. We're a little afraid right now. And it was, this is what they say, it was better when we were back in chains. With freedom, there comes a lot of responsibility. And the responsibility is to stay free. The responsibility is to continue daily to surrender to the things of God, to daily trust him so that you can stay free. My fear for you would be that you would put on all those chains that Jesus has freed you from again. My fear is that you would begin to live by those negative identities that people or the enemy has lied to you about when Jesus says you're redeemed, forgiven, and set free, and I'm with you today. And one of the ways the enemy loves to lie to us is he loves to take these again down this spiral of death and doom in our life. Think about the first thing that began to separate us from God. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, when Adam and Eve were created, and God said, hey, do this. You can do all this, but don't do this one thing. Well, they do the one thing. If you have kids, you understand how that works. They do the one thing they're not supposed to do. And what happens in that moment is they begin to realize their surroundings. And God had created them without shame. He created them naked and in paradise, so they had no shame. But there's this very important part in Scripture in Genesis chapter 2, where when Adam and Eve Sin and break God's commandment. It says they realized they were naked and they felt shame. They were ashamed. And what is the immediate thing they do? They hide from God. The enemy would want nothing better for you than you than to hide from God. And God is walking through the garden. Where are you? I'm looking for you. And they hide. God with his heart of a heavenly father, God with his heart of love and compassion and peace and patience, they hide from him. And the enemy uses shame to get us to hide from God as if God doesn't want anything to do with us. But God does want that relationship with us. God doesn't want us to get stuck in shame. Now, there is an important thing that we do have to realize that we have done some wrong things. We are guilty of some stuff. If we were to all take the Ten Commandment test and look at it like, hmm, have I ever put any gods before God? Yeah. Have I ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Yeah. Have I ever dishonored my parents? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Have I I lied? Have I stolen? Have I done these things? Yes, there is probably one of the Ten Commandments that we have not kept up perfectly, all right? And in that moment, we are guilty of those things. and In those moments, we are guilty of breaking God's law, of breaking God's commands. But God, in his infinite, infinite love and care, did not leave us there just to die. He brought us Jesus. He sent Jesus to, again, pay the price that we couldn't pay. So when we say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, we can actually mean it. It's, Psalm 23 is so much more than just a magnet on your fridge. It's so much more than that card that I gave you. It is true scripture that can change your life. And again, we always have to be on guard because the enemy wants nothing more than to destroy us. Whether you're here in person or online, the enemy wants to destroy you. He wants that seat at your table to get that doom loop of lies and spiral of shame and condemnation all over you. And here's two things I want to give you today, kind of the heart of the, and essence of our conversation. So there's two words you got to know the difference between. One is conviction, which is a tool of the Holy Spirit. Write these down. And the second is condemnation, which is a tool of the enemy. Conviction is a tool of the Holy Spirit, who is the third part of the Trinity, fully God. He is an individual. He is a he who has an influence in our life, the Holy Spirit. He convicts us that the tool of the enemy, though, is condemnation. And if you want a simple direction or understanding of these, one brings us up and one knocks us down. Conviction is this understanding that, hey, that is not what God created me to be. That is not who I am. And it convicts you in an upward direction to remind you of the son and daughter God has created you to be. That God has created you with love. He's created you with purpose. He's created you with intent. What does Psalm 23 say? He leads me, he comforts me, he protects me, he walks with me, he provides for me. You know that one line, I always want people to catch this when it says my cup overflows with blessings. Do you know what that means? It's a symbol of kind of hospitality back in biblical culture that when you went to someone's house and however much wine they poured in your cup meant how long you could stay. So if they dropped a little drop in there, they'd be like, hey, make this quick. All right, a little check in, let's go. But if it was overflowing, stay as long as you want we'll figure this out. Stay as long as you want. Let's have some conversation. Let's laugh together. Tell me about your life. Tell me about what's going on. You can stay as long as you want. And it's there where you overflow with blessing. That's where you realize that's the relationship God's called me to. The enemy would love to trick you to think that all God wants to do is condemn you. You're not welcome here. I don't want to talk to you. Go get your life right. And then you can step into this place. Then you'll overflow with blessing. And God's like, no, it's not like that at all. When Adam and Eve were ashamed and hiding in their sin, that's when God was looking for them. I want you to know today that God is looking for you right now and he's got his arms wide open. And conviction leads us to this place of growth. Conviction leads us to this place of understanding the life that God has created us to live. And the the seat that the enemy would love, though, is to trick you with condemnation, saying that you're nothing, you're no good, and God wants nothing to do with you. And that's how your life is always going to be, just one loop and one spiral, one knockdown after the other. But I believe there are five distinct characteristics of each of these words that you can begin to look at. And here's how you can apply it to your life. Are you ready? This is the lean in stuff where you can apply it to your life. How do I know whether it's conviction or condemnation? Well, conviction always leads with grace. Yes, you've messed up, but God's got blessing for you. Yes, you messed up, but God's got forgiveness waiting for you. I mean, it's one thing for God to have mercy. We can probably understand that. Yeah, I messed up, God, and he's like, okay, I won't punish you. But God goes so much farther than that. That's just mercy. But he has created and invented this idea of grace saying, hey, I'm not only not going to punish you, but I'm going to bless you and provide for you and help you through this life too. It's grace. Condemnation leads with guilt. Guilt is all self-focused. Did it again. I'm the worst. I'm always going to do this. Guilty, 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 right? Because again, that guilt can transform into shame really quickly. And what is shame? It's saying instead of I've messed up, it's that I am a mess. Instead of I've made mistakes, I am a mistake. Instead of I have sinned, I am sin and I'm always going to be that. These are the biggest ways the enemy can mess with your identity when you give him a seat at your table. The second thing is conviction leads to confession. Condemnation leads to concealing. For confession, it's those moments where we come to God and say, you know what, God? Yes, I did this. As a parent, i got to be honest with you, one of my favorite moments, it's going to sound weird, but one of my favorite moments is when Shepherd, my son, comes up to me and says, yes, I did that. I'm sorry. It's then in that moment where he can experience forgiveness. It's then in that moment where he can experience the love and care of his parents because he's confessed to the wrongdoing that he definitely did. But condemnation would lead you to fear that you always have to hide everything and conceal these things away from God. Oh, I can't can't tell God about that. Well, number one, he already knows. Number two, when you put things in the dark, that's where they destroy you. When you hide things, God cannot heal what you conceal. That's great, and it rhymes. Easy to remember. God cannot heal what you conceal, right? But when you bring it out into the open, when you let it breathe, when you confess, that's when God can actually deal with it. That's when God can actually help you. That's when God can actually say, yeah, it's not bigger than my forgiveness. It's not bigger than who I am, the love and hope that I have for you. It's not bigger than the cost my son Jesus paid on the cross for you. So let's help figure this out together rather than concealing it and hide hiding it away. God's like, I'm ready to forgive. I'm ready to help. But when you hide and conceal, I can't do anything with that. Because this leads to the third thing, which is repentance. Repentance is simply to turn away from and to turn to something else. It's not just because we have these moments on Sundays. You know what? Had a great day on Sunday. I'm never saying a hurtful word to my spouse again. And then tomorrow morning, what happens? Get an argument, this. Sunday morning, good experience during worship, all that stuff. I'm never having that lustful thought again, or I'm never swearing again, or whatever. And like, the net, oh, you know, when you leave, someone cuts you off in traffic. Darn, except I didn't say darn, I said the other thing, and I got to ask for forgiveness for that, right? Well, repentance causes you to not only turn away from the bad, but turns toward the good, which is bigger. See, the only way you can defeat those things in your life is turn to the person who has defeated them, turn to that victory that we talked about. Because con- condemnation just leads to remorse, Oh, it's always going to be this way. I'm the worst. And no one wants to be around someone like that, and I don't want myself to walk through that. And God does not want that for your life. If you ever had this this idea that following Jesus is all about this remorseful, sorrow-filled, sad life, that's a lie. Jesus had fun. People liked to be around him. He got invited to parties. When I'm thinking about who I want to hang out with, it's not, man, I really want to be with that person who's serious all the time and so sad and remorseful every day. No, Jesus lived life the way God created us to live it. That's why he's our example. And remorse is not a thing to get stuck in because as you begin to build these things, conviction leads to surrender and condemnation leads to self-defeat. One of the things that is kind of the beautiful opposites of following Jesus is that you have victory in surrender. Whereas culture would try to teach us we have victory when we win. We have victory when we're better than the person next to us. We have victory when we are comparing a better life to someone else's. But actually, you have victory when you ultimately surrender to the victor who is Jesus. Because what else happens is you move to self-defeat, where you are just walking through, waking up every day. Ah, I guess this is it. Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, right? Like, oh, Lost my tail again. It's funny for a cartoon show, but it's not. It's not funny for our life. It's a great character in the Hundred Acre Wood, but it's not a great character for our life. We got to realize that we're not called to be that. I'm not saying you have to be Tigger all the time, bounce around and be fake. Oh look at me! No, but you do have to have that choosing joy, choosing surrender. Because here's the fifth thing. This is again where they lead. Conviction in our life, healthy conviction from the Holy Spirit, is a doorway. To the next big thing God has for us. Conviction is a doorway to the next blessing that God has for your life, the new level of growth and expectation. What does it say in Ephesians? That I can do more than you even ask or imagine. Conviction or condemnation leads to this the doom loop of the same old, same old. Just getting stuck in the same situation again after again. Just getting stuck in the same spiral of guilt, to shame, and condemnation. And that's just what keeps happening over and over and over again. I'm going to give you a 60-second business class today, all right? But I think it's appropriate for our, whole, for our spirit and for our life as well, all right? In business growth, there is this thing called S-curve growth, okay? I'll throw up a little graph for you, okay? Looks like an S. Just, you know, use your abstract mind. But it looks like an S. But we want growth to be kind of like always up and to the right, right? Straight line, all right, give my life to Jesus, everything's great now, family's good, relationships are great, oh, my life is working out, I can't believe it, this is awesome, Woohoo! kind of like what social media tells us life is always about, right? Just always good. But actually growth, not only in business, but growth in our life happens in, I think, an S-curve, which is like we start, good jump up, but then we level out a little bit, but we continue to grow, and then we reach to, oh, no, go back, go back, sorry, there we go. But then we begin to mature and we reach this place of where we're kind of not, not necessarily stagnation yet, but things are leveling off, we're hitting a plateau, right? like if you ever seriously worked out in your life when you're trying to like max out, you always hit a plateau or you're at like this one weight for a long time and eventually you break through it. But here's the thing that I want you to know about your life is this how you grow, right? You start your life with Jesus, you grow because you're excited, but then things, again, it kind of wears off, but you gotta make that decision to scale it and get things like church and community and time in your word and time in worship and prayer in your life because eventually then you will mature. But here's the thing, now bring up the next one. Here's what can happen in our life, right? Now you see how the escort grows, and then another one appears, this is the choice that I think a lot of us may be in right now, is that you've started a life with Jesus. You're growing, but you've reached this place of now God wants you to mature, and there are some yeses that you have to give him. There are some surrenders that you have to do, and if you do them, just like in this graph, you'll jump to the next S, and you'll grow at a deeper level. You'll grow in a new way. You'll be at a new level of surrender where God can actually live out Ephesians chapter 5 where it says, I can do more than you ask or imagine. That's how this works. But what does an S do? If you make the decision or hold on or get, want to get back in control of your own life, then you fall off and you start to go back down again. Things start to get difficult again because God is always trying to deal with those ne- that next thing, right? God is always trying to get you to surrender that next thing. Maybe for us, it's just our time. Maybe it's, again, uh, getting in a circle or a small group. Maybe it's a financial thing, finally trusting God with our giving. Maybe maybe it is like, I need to actually finally step into the word on my own and read the Bible on my own and pray, not because I'm performing, but because that's what a healthy relationship is about. Maybe the jump to the next S-curve in your life is getting rid of some of those unhealthy relationships and getting around some faith-filled people who remind you who you are and who God God is in your life and who holds you accountable, convict you to the person God's created you to be. Maybe it's some behavioral tendencies or addictions you finally have to say no to make that jump. That is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to get in this place where you grow, you get excited, and then you go down again and you get all bummed out. And so you start from the bottom again and again and again. But God is like, hey, let's keep going. I know it's hard. And whatever that decision in front of you today is, I pray that you would simply say yes and surrender to God. And here's how you can do with these next two statements as we close. Number one is Jesus carried it so you don't have to. Jesus carried these things for you so you can walk freely today. If you're carrying guilt and shame and condemnation, Jesus defeated all that already. He's carried it right now to the cross. And it was nailed to the cross with him so that you could be free, so that you could have life, so you could be brought back into the family of God. He carried it for you, but it doesn't stop there. The second thing is, is Jesus defeated it so you can drop it. My prayer for you today is that when you walk out of this room, whether it's in the moment when we close in just a minute here, or when you come up, if you come up for prayer at the end, which I always encourage people to come up for prayer because sometimes you just need an encouraging prayer from someone and that could change your life forever. I pray that when you walk out of here, you would drop and leave those things here and not pick them up again. Because here's the thing, I didn't make all this up. I would love to say, wow, man, I really you know, had some blank page journal time and all these things came down. But all I'm doing is sharing with you what I've seen in the Word of God. All I'm doing is sharing with you what Jesus has done in my life. And I wanna, uh, we can think of all these lists, and I know I've given you a lot of notes today, but it, if you're having a conversation with someone, what you talk about at church, here's what I want to give you because I believe it's the most God-honoring thing we can do. The most God-honoring thing we can do our, in our life is to just Agree with God. Just agree with what he says. Agree with what he's done. Agree with what Jesus taught us. Agree with what Jesus did in his life. And stop second-guessing God. Stop disagreeing with the forgiveness and freedom that he's given you. Start agreeing with the fact that he is your shepherd, that we're nothing without him. Start agreeing with the fact that he wants to comfort you and protect you and walk you through the valleys of life so they don't go back into the death spiral doom loop of condemnation but that God would convict you to grow to that next curve of growth and that next level of maturity in your life. And as always, I want to give you some practicals for this week. And so I'll give you you them real quick as we close. Number one, things to pray this week is, I have failed, but because of Jesus, I am not my failure. I have failed. You You have to acknowledge that. But I'm not my failure because of Jesus. Number two, is having the honest understanding that yes, I will fail again, but I know Jesus will walk me through it and out of it. And I would really encourage you to think about that second part because we know Jesus walks us through it, but some of us, we've been walking through the same thing for a long time and it's time to walk out of it. We've been walking through that same valley of the same dark, death-filled thing and God's like, hey, would you just walk out of that? It's time to get out of that. It's time to jump to that next growth. And the third thing is, this is huge, I, I love this one, It's that Jesus' scars are greater than my sins. Jesus' scars in his hands and his feet and the crown of thorns that he wore and the whip marks on his back, they are so much greater than any sin you could ever commit. And so when the enemy tries to bring that shame and tries to bring that condemnation and tries to tell you that you're nothing, tries to tell you that God wants nothing to do with you, you can remind him, hey, the Son of God has scars in his hands and feet and on his back and on his brow Showing me how much He loves me, and my one choice is to simply surrender back to Him. Because He He carried the, He carried my sin. I don't have to walk in condemnation. I will walk in conviction, knowing that I'm always growing. I'm always moving forward. I'm always trusting God, but I'm also going to lean to that verse in Romans where it says that anyone who belongs to Jesus will not be put to shame. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus, and that's the freedom I want for you today. Know it was an intense conversation, a deep conversation. But I pray it helped you today, and I pray it encouraged you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? Father, we're just so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for your love. And God, if there's anyone here today that feels separated from you, I pray they would simply step back into relationship with you today. Simply say yes, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you feel like you're stuck in sin, you're stuck in shame, you're stuck in condemnation. If you feel so separated from God that you've been hiding. I want you to know today, he's one prayer away. And that prayer is simply, Jesus, I give you my life. So I would encourage you just to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Wherever you're at in this room, Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me and free me. I surrender my life to you. every head bowed and every eye closed today. If you said that prayer for the first time, I just want to pray with you right now in this moment and pray for you. Would you just raise your hand when I count to three, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today? One, two, three. Yeah, I see your hand. I see yours. Awesome. Awesome. So good. That's why we do this, why we do this. Count to three. One more time. One, two, three. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well, Father, we thank you today that you see our hands, you see our hearts, and you're with us today, and we love you, Lord. We thank you so much. I pray for freedom today, and I pray for life knowing, God, that people are with you now, and that you are in their life. When they said yes to you, you entered in, you saved them, you redeemed them, and you restored them. And God, we believe that today. We love you so much. We're so thankful that you're at our table, and that you convict us to who we are, Father. We thank you we're not our failures. We thank you that Jesus walks with us, and Jesus, we're thankful that your scars are greater than our sin. We love you, we thank
0: you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, give me a good amen. Let's stand to our feet today as we close. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church/give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.